This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Panther Puri. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me are my co-hosts, TJ Peterson and Alex Lopez. And uh, Happy New Year. Uh, The Panthers are undefeated in 2022 because shootouts do not count mm-hmm. that's a shootout exactly so the panthers are actually four and uh with one shootout game that did not get decided because shootouts uh in 2022 it's been it's been a great ride uh and the all-star teams were just announced and the best team in the league top team best winning per- actually i think carolina sells top uh, points percentage but the the number one team in the atlantic division uh, second best, second best points percentage in the entire NHL has one All Star. It's Jonathan Huberdeau getting his second All Star cap. But uh, but how how in the world does the best team in the league only get to send one player to the All Star game? Because it's the best team in the league. It's the best one through Ooh, twenty. In the nice. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the case. Like we talk to everybody from. Jack Hahn to Mike Kelly to, you know, even the local media, they understand it too. The Panthers come at you with four lines and three defense pairings of just all out attack. And they're not, you know, any worse on the defensive side either. I mean, they give up a lot because they generate so much offensively. That's, you know, there's going to be a little bit of Newton's second law not necessarily equal and opposite reaction, but, you know, some is going to come back because of how attacking their style is. But, you know, that four lines of attack is what has made the Panthers the best team in the league. And if you look over the players that were selected, obviously I'm not mentioning the true reason that there's only one Panther on the list, which is that the NHL has to bring one player from teams that don't have any all-stars on them. Obviously I'm not mentioning so, uh, the, the reason, but here's the reason that I'm now going to mention. <laughs> I mean, that, that was more the rah-rah reason that they only have one all-star, but I like uh, I mean, Nick reason. Suzuki, not an all-star. Rasmus Dahlin, not I an like all-star. Suzuki. Drake Batherson, I do not too. An I like Drake Batherson too, but he's not an all-star. Dylan Larkin, I can I can hear an argument for Dylan Larkin, but in my opinion, not an all star. When you look at the and... names that were left off based on the teams they play for, Sasha Barkov, <laughs> Brad Marchand, Aaron Ekblad, like the the argument you can make for Dylan Larkin gets smaller and smaller when you see the names that were left off. And yeah, David Pasternak. Yeah, David like, Pasternak. I, I think that the Atlantic All Star team should really just be. The Panthers and Lightning plus Austin Matthews. 
I mean, I can end, see more end of list. <laughs> I mean, th- there's a lot of guys that have a solid argument. It- it's weird they only brought two defensemen. In my yeah, opinion, what is that? Ek- How is the All Star game working this year? Ekblad's like been minimum the fourth best defenseman this year. The only players that I would like completely give give you the right to argue have been better are Hedman, Makar, and Fox. And it just so happens that Hedman's also in this division. And Darlene's got to come, and there's only two defensemen. So what are you going to do? I Wait, but yeah, why, there aren't, is a, why, I why aren't the Sabres sending Jack Eichel? Oh, wait. Uh, why aren't the Sabres oh. sending Sam Reinhardt? Oh, wait. Why aren't the Sabres sending Mark Pesic? Why aren't this the Sabres sending Rasmus Ristolainen? <laughs> well, come on. Rasmus the Sabres sending Dominic Hasha. all-star game. I mean, it, it just brings up the issue is like, yes, the NFL, every player, every team gets a player, MLB, every team gets a player, but those were 50 plus rosters. Yeah. MLB is like 25 plus. When you went to this divisional three on three format where there's 12 players per team, you can't do this anymore. The NBA, every, every team doesn't get a, doesn't get a, um, a member. Like it's just how it is. I mean, look, I see both arguments. I remember when I was a kid, like I literally decided not to watch an MLB all-star game because Miguel Cabrera got hurt the day before and was replaced with a non-Marlin. So I was like, well, there's no Marlin playing like screw this. I'm not going to watch. Like, so I get that. And that's what you have to remember. The all-star game is for kids. So it's like, yes, while Buffalo doesn't deserve an all-star, there's thousands of kids in Buffalo who are looking forward to watching Rasmus Dahlin play against the best of the best. So I get both arguments for it. And this is how I'm going to, this is how I'm going to make the argument for Barkov. You got to look at the two teams that had uh, two players get in. You had Tampa with Hedman and Vasilevsky um, fast, like just on the state of the goaltending in the Atlantic. You have to like Vasilevsky has to get in. Yeah. Like they're literally, I mean, Jack, Campbell's and so then Jack, Camp- Jack Campbell. Right. And so does Jack. Yeah. Campbell. Jack Campbell has to yeah, get it. Right. Has to. So it, it, it comes down to who's more deserving Hedman or Barkov. I'm going to be a homer and say Barkov is more deserving than Hedman. The correct answer is Ekblad is more deserving than Hedman. I honestly agree with that. As much as I love Barkov, if we're going to apples to apples, you got to give Ekblad that spot, not Hedman. I think the big like way to kind of diffuse this argument while also making the argument for Ekblad is that Barkov missed time. Yeah. So Ekblad, who has been healthy other than the, I think just one game that he missed with COVID. If only there was some other way that we could showcase a best on best hockey tournament, perhaps once every four years or so. If they play for their own country, there was a way for that to happen. But I can't possibly think of a situation in which NHL players would get to participate in a true best-on-best tournament. I, I, I just I don't see a situation. I, I don't see that even being what what event could possibly be home to such a tournament. Jake, when did you move to New York to start working with the NHL? I don't remember <laughs> that happening. Surprise! Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean. This the is unfortunate just a thing hell is that year for best on best hockey. That's that's all there is to it. That's true. Yeah, and I mean, like Campbell, flat out, like is a Vezina front runner. Might win the Vezina. 
Vasilevsky's Vasilevsky. I mean, he's had a good year, maybe not necessarily a locked on all-star, but he's also the big name. So he's going to get selected. I think Hedman's had a Norris caliber year. He's returned from the injury that was uh, keeping him from being his best last year. And now he's playing his best. I mean, that's a team that lost a lot of its depth and has had a lot of its star players missing. And they're still playing phenomenally well. And Victor Hedman being uh, Norris Hedman has been one of the biggest reasons. You know, Ekblad's been a lot better than Darlene, but we, we went into the reasons that Darlene's there. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, they could have, you know, moved things around to make it work. Like for example, like you could have gotten like put Ben Sherratt as the Montreal representative and making over Suzuki hasn't been that great either. I'm just saying like, this is how you move it around. I saw a projection with Chris Weidman going to the all-star game. Okay. Just because Panthers fans want to trade for him. They should have just named Carey Price and been like, oh, sorry, Carey Price is injured. We're bringing Vasilevsky. (laughs) That would have been great. Okay, Thomas Thomas Shabbat instead of Batherson. How about that? I like drink Batherson. But, I mean, I want to get Ekblad there. Okay, yeah, Ekblad should have been there. I mean, you also have to consider maybe Barkov with the injury – kind of hinted to doesn't even want to go he hinted to them hey guys if you set you know if you select me i'm gonna back out to rest my knee because that's what i mean it wasn't really a press release but but i saw a tweet from you know one of the main national writers is that the the people selecting did take into account players who had made it known they didn't want to go okay that's fair and that's what so to, to avoid that situation where it's like seemingly healthy players were skipping the game and then getting the the one game suspension like Ovi always does. Um, so I, I, that could have been why Barkov was left out. But yeah, I, Barkov got, you know, Barkov got snubbed. Ekblad got snubbed. But that's just the nature of it when you have Anthony every team Duclair getting got a player. Snubbed, Mackenzie Weger got snubbed. Carter Verhage got snubbed. Sam Bennett got snubbed. I mean, Sam Ryan the Hart. entire Panthers top six effectively Why is got Ryan snubbed, except not for Jonathan Huber at now. the All-Star game. <laughs> Mason Marchman got snubbed. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we can uh, we can go there. I mean, the Panthers are an all-star Sergei team. Sergei Bobrovsky just, just in the first that. six weeks of the season got snubbed. <laughs> and you know, he has more goals saved above expected than Vasilevsky, according to Money Pot. Does he? But uh, let's, uh, let's actually talk about Bobrovsky, because I think that's been the national media, in particular Ryan Lambert, has <laughs> focused on the Panthers' goaltending, uh, the last couple of weeks and we were the ones doing it before, at least I was because there was a narrative going around. And I mean, the record also was what it was. The Panthers are now 19 and three at home and not as good on the road. I don't actually know the record. Sorry. And if you look at it, Bobrovsky has been really good at home and as really letting the team down in these road games that they're just narrowly losing. On, uh, on was it Tuesday? When was last Thursday? That's when it was. They went into Dallas. They scored five goals and they still lost. Like I, I made a joking tweet that they would need five goals to win. Well, they scored five goals. They didn't even win the game. That's because Bob let in one dead softy. There was one that he gave away the puck that led to a goal. And then you can you can make an argument that a bunch of the others he should have stopped. I mean, some of them were deflections. Some of them were close shots that he didn't have a lot of a chance. But, I mean, 
he gave up five goals. Then he gave up a, a goal, a couple of goals in the shootout. He went over two. He's really weak in shootouts. That five hole is open for business constantly. So bad. But then you come into Tuesday, the Canucks come to town. They have more than, I can't even remember how many shots they had, but Bob had more than 40 44 saves. 44 shots, I think it was. Yeah, so he had 40, 42 saves. It was pretty solid. And I mean, it looked a lot like it did in the Calgary game where he had, I think it was 44 saves. The Panthers won that game 6-2. to two. Does anybody have any idea what's going on with Bob and these home away splits being so volatile? Oh, he uh, clearly misses his daughter, and that's why aw. Dad Bob doesn't show up for road games. So that's all I got there. Um, the only thing I want to add on Bob is, like, he's he started every single game for like the last week or so with a softie. Yeah, like they're just brutal goals that you just can't give up. I mean. That Panarin goal that we talked Apparently about. Apparently you can't. We talked about at length. <laughs> He's still a top 10 goalie this season. So, like, I guess you can. According to Money Pot? According to Evolving Hockey. Oh, cool. Yeah, the, the Dickinson goal was a soft one. Like, there's just been so many soft goals to start games for Bob this year. Where you're just kind of shaking your head. And, that, like, and you know, Lambert kind of hit the nail on the head where that the Panthers have been so good at five on five where they're just outscoring teams at five on five so much that, you know, Boz can give up a stinker to a night and have, you know, they're still sitting at the top of the NHL, but when the playoffs come around, like you're not going to survive that against Tampa. You're not going to survive that against, you know, yeah. Washington, I'm not saying Toronto because Toronto, I mean, as good as Jack Campbell's been, that team still plays super high up high variance hockey. So well, if Tuka Rask is at his game, is on his yeah, game, Tuka Rask, that's maybe what, Boston's Yeah, who, who's this Tuka Rask kid that the Bruins just signed for, for one, a one-year deal at a million bucks? Yeah. This kid, this kid just came this, out uh, of nowhere. They're taking a pun on this guy, uh, a lot like the, the Coyotes did mm. with their goalie that shut down the Leafs yesterday in pretty, pretty amazing fashion. I just want to take a quick was- podcast break to introduce you all to the little twist tie man that I just made. Jacob is Jacob is into the sauce tonight, guys. I also have extreme ADHD right now. Oh my god! Normally it's, it's normally it's me drinking during the pod. This is a combination of my my ADHD uh, and and some whiskey. Uh, but I did make. Uh, I'm mostly sober, but uh, and... I made up for it. I compensated with the uh, the Barkov extension episode. Right. So in that episode, <laughs> yeah, you've had enough to drink on the pod for a no, lifetime, and that one not the... sober. I'm going to post a picture of my twist time man to Twitter just so everyone who listens to this knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. In the last few games, we haven't seen Spencer Knight because he's been on COVID protocol still is Jonas Johansson just got added to COVID protocol. So uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, the backup goalie situation for tonight's game is we're not certain about it yet. As of Thursday night, when we're recording this, but Knight really hadn't been for Mondombo. He, he really hadn't been great up until the point that he got into COVID protocol. Sure, he had good games, but there were also games where he cost the team a chance to win the game because he was giving up three goals on 20 shots, four goals on 25 shots, stuff like that. Yeah, Spencer has not been good. And, you know, him going out and the team doesn't really seem to want to trust Jonas Johansson quite yet. I mean, 
I would imagine that if he's ready to go on Saturday, which is it's doubtful considering he was added to COVID protocol today, uh, that they might give him a go if Knight was unavailable, back-to-back situation and all that. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So who knows who's going to be playing in net for the Panthers the next two nights, who's going to be backing up Bob tomorrow, assuming that Bob is the starter. And then Saturday, might we see the Panthers debut of Devin Dubnik? It's possible. No, Devin Dubnik's not up. He's not signed to the Panthers. Yeah, he signed to a one-way AHL deal. But he might sign a deal That's to uh, come he back could. up, Bob. Well, wait, didn't he get – was he named a Team Canada finally? I don't know. I'm pretty sure – Do they have to fly out to Beijing now? Not about that, but I do know that uh, – well, if he signs with the Panthers, he can't go to Beijing. And I'm pretty sure the whole reason Dubnik came back was so he'd be ready to go if – That's a good point. If, uh, if Canada called him. That's why you're seeing Eric Stahl sign a PTO with the uh, with the Wild AHL team. It's all guys who just want to uh, be ready for in case Canada calls for the Olympics. And I think that's the deal with Dubnik. So even if the Panthers called, he'd say no. True. That's fair. You know, I didn't even think about that. So Evan Fitzpatrick is the only other goalie that they have contracted. They have the Gibson. They got Gibson. They do but have Gibson's Chris hurt, Gibson. I believe. Is, wait, didn't he go to the ECHL also? I mean, I know that's not necessarily like it's he not can't good. come up. Yeah, I mean, but... they could call him up, but I think he's still injured. I mean, I'm gonna have to look that up. I mean, I think what ends up happening is, um, assuming Knight doesn't, Knight or Johansson doesn't clear protocol, is you just use the emergency backup goalie and whoever it is that goes to Panthers practice when they need a guy, he gets to sit on the bench and live live that dream for a night. And that's just what'll happen. Congrats, Alex. No, it's not me. What? It's not happened me. to Ryan Bednard. Bednard is uh, in the Capitals organization now. You know that off the top of your head. I think it's Capitals. Uh, but um, yeah, Chris Gibson has not played South a game Carolina since Stingrays of the ECHL. Oh, he has also played for the Hershey Bears. TJ. <laughs> I just remember seeing that when I was looking at the AHL website one time on the transactions page where, you know, Heboniemi is often featured. But Chris Gibson has not played a game in the AHL since November 28th. I'll look up to see if he's in the ECHL right now. But uh, I'm going to continue under the assumption that Chris Gibson is not healthy. So we know that Jonas Johansson is not going to be able to play tomorrow. Yeah, We think Spencer Knight might. We think he might not. So um, but who knows? He's not out of protocol yet. It's going to be some emergency guy. They signed to a, a PTO, whoever, you know, like I said, it's going to be the guy who practices or someone, you know, someone like that. Uh, I did look it up. Devin Dubnik is under consideration for team Canada. So he's definitely not going to sign. So would they be able to sign him to a PTO and then release him for the Olympics? It's possible, but I would I would guess before Dubnik would just say no right off the bat just in case because the reality is why is he want, why is he going to want to fly down here for to sit on the bench for one night and then fly back to Charlotte like he and it's not he doesn't need the money he's made you know twenty odd million dollars in the NHL so that mm-hmm. that you know that NHL game check of ten k doesn't really do much for him. I got gotcha. you. That makes sense. So. I, so- Watch the space in terms of the goalies, but let's talk about the forwards because we got to talk about Jonathan Huberto, who is an all-star 
so hot right now. He's leading the league in points since the winter break. He's just been on an absolute heater. He's been insane. Yeah, that's that's one of the things about Jonathan Huberto. Like, he's a little bit of a streaky player in the sense that, like, he'll go cold for a couple of games. But when he gets on a heater, there's very few better players than him in the NHL. Like, he busts out the spinorama pass. You know, he, he should have had an assist on the first shift of the game against Vancouver where he megged uh, Tucker Pullman. Yeah on a perfect pass to Sam Bennett <laughs> and it just uh, and it just rolled off Bennett's stick as he brought it to the backhand. But like the Panthers could have easily had like 10 goals in that Vancouver game. They were just like so many premium chances that either rolled off a stick or hit the post or whatever. But yeah, Hubert, I'm like, my God, he's good right now. Let me put it into perspective right now. Jonathan Huberto leads the Panthers in points with 47 the next closest is Aaron Ekblad with 32. He has 15 points on the next closest Panther. And I know Alexander Barkov has only played 23 games to Jonathan Huberto's 36, which if he had played 36 games, he probably would have been in the 40s for points as well. But that's still incredible. Leave it at this. Huberto is now fifth in the NHL with points at 47. He's only six behind the leaders of Trisado McDavid who were like 20 points ahead of the entire rest of the NHL a few weeks ago. I mean, yes, that team has gone ice cold, so they've come back to the pack, but that's how good Huberto has been that, you know, he's five points off or six points off the NHL lead behind names like Ovechkin, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and probably the surprise of the season, Nazem Kadri. All right, let's, yeah. let's play a quick game here. Uh, I have natural stat trick up. Uh, I have all strengths, rates, minimum time on ice, 300 minutes. Jonathan Huberto is third in the league in total assists per 60 minutes with those filters. Who are the two players above him? McDavid, I'm going to guess, but that doesn't seem right because he plays so many minutes. I'm going I'm to go Kadri and Hedden. yeah, Kadri's got to be one of them. McDavid and Drysdale is just too much on on the power play. Kadri is well, we're we're all situations right now, not just five on five. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry, I thought you said five on five. Nope. Okay, so then I'll go Kadri McDavid. TJ, I'll say Kadri and I'll say Ovechkin for total assists for sixty minutes. He's putting up assists like crazy this year. Kadri is one of them. Neither of you got mm-hmm. the second one right. Are we going to guess again? Take one what? more guess each, and then I'll tell you who it is. Um, well, you said McDavid. Who's up there in points? I think Hedman was a decent guess. I'll go Nathan McKinnon. I'll go with Hedman. Hedman's on the ice too much. Hedman yeah, yeah, is 44th point. in total assists for 60 minutes in all situations. That's pretty solid for a defenseman. Yeah. Alex? I'm going to go Nathan McKinnon. Alex is correct. There you go. So Huberto is the first non-Avalanche player <laughs> uh, in total assists for 60 minutes in all situations. Still a remarkable space to be. When you adjust for time on ice, Jonathan Huberto is third in the league in assists. Mm-hmm. Eighth overall in the league in five-on-five points. Timo Meyer is second. How about that? 31 points for Timo Meyer and 32 games. That's just five-on-five. On the blockers, that's someone else in San Jose that's on the block. It's Hurdle. Hurdle's on the block. 
I always forget which one I'd rather have. By the way, uh, Carter Verhage is 19th in the league in five and five points with 22, equivalent to Stamkos's 22. <laughs> and, two, and two fewer games played. Oh, so Carter Verhage is better than Steven Stamkos? I have to do a thing right now. You're going to tag Volts. We all know that Connor McDavid is better than Steven Stamkos. So by the transitive property, True. Carter Verhage is better than Steven Stamkos. That's a very good point. In fact, there's only one Tampa Bay player that has more five-on-five points than Carter Verhage, and I think it would take you like six or seven guesses to get it. Um, it's Alex Kalorn. Oh, I was – I wanted to actually guess, season. and I feel like I would oh, have actually gotten to Kalorn because I have him on my fantasy team. <laughs> he must be doing pretty well for you, at least if five-on-five points are yes. weighted a little bit more. They're not. Alex Ovechkin, 25-on-five assists, by the way. We're getting kind of off the rails, though. I mean, um, yeah, have Jonathan you met Hubert us? has been great. Carter Verhage has been really good at five on five. He doesn't really get a lot of power play time, so you have to give him props for that. Also, we talk about it a lot. It's funny because of the tweet from the uh, Buffalo guy that I honestly don't care to know the name of. But uh, Sam Reinhart, up to 29 points in 33 games, really turned it on. Another two goal game on Tuesday. I mean, this guy is as advertised now. It looked like he was off to a rough start in Florida, but he's, he's got uh, acclimated to the system, and now he's one of the Panthers' best forwards for sure. A 70-point pace, right? Yeah. yeah. He doesn't make winning plays, though. Doesn't make winning plays. Good defensively, good offensively. I mean, we got two of the best Sams in the league. I can't complain. All right. Twitter, Twitter is now playing a game of guess the player with Verhage and Stamkos' wrap-up charts. <laughs> Very Tag Boltzolds, do it. Uh, no, I do not want. I'd rather just piss him off indirectly when I piss off all of Tampa Bay Lightning Twitter when this does eventually get to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> any, any of you want to talk about another forward in the meantime? Ryan Lomberg. We talk about a guy who shoots five hole. <laughs> Ryan Lomberg does Kodak five hole. There it is. How have we gone 30 minutes and we've not talked about <laughs> Speaking of a guy that spends a lot of time in the box, Ryan Lomberg, <laughs> man. No, but he, he's like, I looked at Dom's uh, new charts on the athletic and gold. If you see gold on there, that's when you know it's an elite player. They're in the 90th or above percentile. And his offensive defensive impacts, they're both gold. It's incredible what and this player great. has become. And you're going to like Ryan Lomberg. I mean, I, I've been thinking this whole week, like, you know, Noel Chari coming back, I guess he could take Ryan Lomberg's lineup spot. You can move it at two to the wing. And after seeing that, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't see any, maybe Ryan Lomberg's here to stay. Yeah. Noel Chari is skating again. We should mention that. Yeah. That is. I, a, just, a I don't know who part. you bring him in for. Honestly, you leave. Him, He's another option. You leave him in bubble wrap until the playoffs. And if someone gets hurt, you slide him in because Noel Chari is always very good to start a year. And then he starts picking up injury after injury. And by the end of the year, he's one of the worst players in the lineup. Great. So then hold him out until the playoffs and have that be the beginning of his season. That's exactly what I was just saying. (laughs) Wait, when did those back-to-back hat-tricks come? I don't think that was in the beginning of the year. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was in February. No, it was in in some like wild December where like every time Huberto fed him a pass, it just went into the net. Yeah, it just went off a skate. Oh, but can we talk about Kodak Black now? 
Let, All right, we could talk let, about apparently it. a Panthers fan let ruined me, uh, his relationship. Let me let me yeah let me preface this all with the uh, the full story. So I'm at the game on Tuesday, and there's a big pop in the arena in between whistles, and I look up at the jumbotron and I see Kodak Black, and I'm not aware of who he is. Like I know who Kodak Black is, but I don't know what he looks like. I'm not a Kodak Black fan to be honest with you. Nothing against him. I just uh, I'm not really all that familiar with the music. And then he shows up on the jumbotron again. This time they have the little name plate, you know, Kodak Black under him. And he, uh, Victor E. Rat shows up, and they're they're hanging out. There immediately is a vibe. Immediately best friends. And Kodak's into it, and everybody in their arena is loving it. So. In the first intermission, I'm walking around the concourse just trying to get to the bathroom and outside Club 954, where presumably Kodak was sitting, there's this huge crowd of people and they're all chanting, we want Kodak, we want Kodak. And I would imagine that the Panthers caught wind of this and they were like, hey, let's move you up to the suite level so that you're not going to be bothered by all these people. And then he got up to the suite level and he probably thought he had a little bit more privacy. And then uh, I don't need to explain what we all saw. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you my version of the story. So before, like, I know the name Kodak Black and that's it. I, I mean, I know he's a rapper, but like, if you play, you could play a Kodak Black song right now and I'd show you how old I am by like, just being like, I don't know. Um, no, I mean, this is true for me too, Alex, okay. to be completely So fair. I'm not that old. But yeah, so um, I'm, I'm at home watching the game and I get a text from one of my coworkers whose boyfriend was at the game sitting in nine, Club 954. And it's a back of, it's a picture of the back of Kodak Black's head. <laughs> and I'm like, who's that? She's like, Kodak Black is at the game. Everyone's going nuts. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then, you know, obviously everything that happens happens. And I send her that. I send her that the uh, that picture of Kodak Black in the box next to Luongo, and she just starts calling. He was in the box. Yeah, he was definitely. Yeah, we're in the we're, box. we're gonna break down that clip in a second. But I was just <laughs> like, but he, but here's here's the thing I want to throw around, and it's it's a topic you probably didn't think of to t- that we should talk about. How did Kodak Black end up at the game? Well, he's from Broward, right? So he probably you know, just didn't really have any plans. And he's a sports fan. I know he's, he's been at some heat games. I think he's a Gator fan. I think I've seen him with Dan Mullen a couple of times. So uh, RIP to his homeboy, Dan Mullen. And he probably decided, yeah, like let's, let's check out the Panther game. He probably got a a ticket comp. Like his agent or his label was like, yeah, we'll get you in into the, you know, the, the luxury club and all that. Like, see, what, what, where I find that hard to fathom is it's like, when, if you're Kodak Black, and let's, let's be honest, he's very, very, it's very likely that was his first ever hockey game. How is that even on your list of things to do? So here's my theory. My theory uh-huh. is he was at the Hard Rock, and they were just like, hey, want to go to the hockey game? Here's two tickets in 954. That's my theory, because I know the Hard Rock gives out, like, a dozen or so nine five four tickets for every home game. That's my theory. That makes sense. You mean the the Seminole Casino? Yes. In uh, it's in Hollywood, yes. right? The Guitar Hotel. This man. is how you know TJ's well, not a gambler, gambler, and I am. 
Well, I guess TJ does the sports betting. RIP Hard Rock Casino Sportsbook. I, I've been known to lose my money here and again, but I have a <laughs> casino I can go to in, in Coconut Creek, which, by the way, can't believe that this is somehow entering this conversation. Yes! Jimmy Eat World will be performing at Coconut Creek uh, Casino with uh, with Dashboard Confessional. Yes. Right? I can't remember. So if you, want to see, if you want to see the Panthers goal song played live, they will be in Coconut Creek in March playing in support well rather jimmy world is the i think it's a co-headliner yeah uh well the the co-headliner is uh boca raton natives dashboard confessional if you're the panthers kids pop punk kids panthers fans i know the venn diagram there is a lot of shared space definitely world and dashboard will be at uh, that is on friday march 18th in march if you're the panthers you got to get jimmy world to come to the game right Unfortunately, they're in California oh. while that's going on. Whoa. I'm saying that would have been pretty cool. If, like, you know, where like the ice dancers usually like set up. If like after one of the goals, they just like pan over to there and it's Jimmy World yeah, playing Instead Swedish. of having the recording, just have the live yeah. band do it. Look, they'll just do it for the cup final. Like the <laughs> Nashville had Cage the Elephant. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That was cool. We'll get Jimmy Eat World. Even though they're from Arizona, I'm, I'm sure they won't mind because the Coyotes aren't going to be in the finals. That's a bold assumption. <laughs> I mean, hey, they're gonna have the number one. What about pick. what about the Arizona Coyotes? Makes you assume that they won't be in the finals. Is it the fact that Lawson Kraus is a top six player for them? Is it the fact that they have zero good defensemen behind Jacob Chikrin? Uh, or is it the fact that they might get kicked out of their own arena? I, what? Which of these things makes you think that they're not gonna make it to the Cup final? You know what's the funniest thing about everything you just said, Jacob, <laughs> is that the two players you mentioned that are actually quality. Are um only are both one on the of them board. is actually quality. Okay, the joke. True, but like <laughs> Jacob Schickrin on the block, uh Lawson Kraus on the block. They gotta lose, yeah. you know. They gotta get to the Shane Wright or you know whoever else they're gonna. Wait pick. a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Uh, wait. How did how did we get ourselves so ADD that we spent like thirty seconds talking about what Alex, happened in that box? Do you know who your co-hosts are. I'm aware, but how we got to talk more about the box. We got to. And this isn't even like a joke about how TJ and I have trouble staying on track. We literally are both diagnosed ADHD. Like this isn't a, we, we very oh, much this have is, it. This TJ, is I'm podcast. sorry if I, if you did not want that share. No, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, this is every podcast with us with the, for our last pod, TJ and I were like, yeah, again, we're gonna keep do you know who your co-hosts are? I'm aware. I'm all. I'm, I'm here for it. I've got all the time in the world for it. Actually, I don't. But you know, whatever. But, but yeah, I was like teaching. Now we're like, oh yeah, this is gonna be a 30 minute pod, and then out of here, and then an hour later, we're still going. And I was just like, oops, <laughs> the wife's gonna be mad. <laughs> okay, so you want to talk more about Kodak Black? I thought it was fascinating that uh, apparently the police looked into this incident, and I'd like our legal correspondent to comment on what the police said. Did you see this story in local 10? Alex? I didn't. I'm looking at it now that you just shared it into the chat, but of course, like I, like I said in the spaces and one of my rare appearances on the spaces, of course, the, you know, of, of course you should be denying that it was a sex act and it was just twerking because that's public indecency. These are things you catch a charge for. And why are you going to catch a charge for having sex in a skybox at a hockey game? Like, because it's, funny it is funny but i'm pretty sure he's got priors 
So okay. if you're Kodak, there are worse things to get arrested for, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, it's public indecency. It's indecent exposure. It's public lewd acts, like all sorts of things that you you just like. Yeah, you want it there for the street cred, but like whoever Kodak's you know agent is or is immediately being like, do not admit, acknowledge it. Don't admit it. Don't admit it. Don't admit it. Even if it was, you want that to publicly be twerking. Because it's just not a headache you want. Yeah. And let's be honest, the Panther, I mean, look, you saw how fast the NHL ran away from Kodak Black. Like the tweet, like, oh, hey, Kodak Black deleted immediately. Game. Deleted immediately. As soon as that video happened. And it's like, yeah, the national media still had fun with it, but it went from like a cool story to it's just like, ha, 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 look at this. And like you said, Kodak Black wants that street cred of like, yeah, I fucked in a skybox at a hockey game. But like, the PR team doesn't want that headache. His agent doesn't want that headache. His legal reps doesn't want that headache. Because, like, when I was looking up Kodak Black, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's got prior legal issues. So that it's like, Brown tweet is golden. Yeah, <laughs> I think that we have to uh, leave it at the down goes Brown tweet after it was revealed that it was just twerking. He said, so tired of watching the NHL and thinking somebody scored only to have it overturned after a replay. <laughs> well, and then That's Jeff... Amazing. And Jeff Follett, uh noted uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, pundit, or I don't know what you want to call him, but a Twitter personality. He goes, I don't know. It seems pretty inconclusive to me. Per NHL stance at the ruling on the ice stance in those situations. I think we've got a good fuck. And I, I, I mean, the ruling on the ice originally was that they were having sex. So I think that's what we got to go with. But I mean, there were so many good. No, tweets. because there is conclusive evidence to overturn the call. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's conclusive. I saw that the back angle. I did, and I that's I still... pretty conclusive. How many times did you see it, Jake? <laughs> twice, <laughs> exactly more. twice. No, we got to do the meme from Congress ten times more, fifty times more. Anyway, uh, Bro Bible is not exactly the most reputable journalistic source, but according to their, you know, hardworking writers, the girl at the game was not Kodak Black's girlfriend. And his actual girlfriend is not very happy about the situation. So shout out Understandably to so. David954FLA for ruining Kodak right. Black's relationship. Right. You blew this wide open, David, and we have to give you all the credit for it. Perhaps the biggest Florida Panthers story of the season, and uh, hopefully that isn't the case at the end of the season and the Stanley Cup victory is. But uh, until that happens, this is the biggest Florida Panthers story of the season. Got to be honest. I feel like even if the Panthers win the Cup, I mean, <laughs> in terms of national story, yes. <laughs> right. Look. Uh, okay. Well, one thing, we also have to give David 954FLA props for having a perfect quote for that tweet that he sent out with his video. Like, Because it's one thing to just send out the video, but when you nail the dismount of the tweet – Oh, I think Kodak. Found oh, speaking of nailing dismounts. And by the way, like I, I actually had the video with the uh, audio on and I realized that this is going on immediately after the Canucks scored to make it five to two. That's when this was happening. <laughs> just in case you were wondering. I mean, this is one of those vi- videos where you like the original video, because obviously the close up view, there's only one thing to look at, but the, like you find something new every time, like, for like you get to see Luongo like clearly tilt his head forward, peek over, shake his head laughing, and go back. Like there's just so many different things to see in that video. Like it's just perfect. 
I mean, though, Jake and Alex, you were there too. We were just in one of these suites in order to see what's going on in the suite you, over. You, you kind of really like crane your forward. head. Yeah, you know, so because, I don't think that they were, uh, we they were able did to that see. A little bit I hate, I hate to Panthers rookie that was in a suite a couple uh, boxes over from us. I hate to be the one to remove the magic, but uh, there was still Luongo reacting to it because he did tweet, and of course, the tweet yeah, is the amazing. PA announcer, please keep your eye on the pucks at all times. Everyone got it. Kodak, honey, turn around. It's not safe. Luongo, uh, that's basically a Florida Panthers uh, official comment because he's in the front office. I'm honestly surprised they let him keep that tweet up. I I am too. I mean, I I guess there's plausible deniability because it's not Roberto Luongo, blue check. It's it's not like Roberto Luongo has done a great job creating a Twitter personality where like everyone knows it's him, but also maybe it isn't. Well, no, it it is. But like, well, no, because he's tweeted out pictures of himself, like edits of himself, like yeah, like the edit with the remember the whole Kim Kardashian photo that broke the internet with, and then Luongo did the same thing, but it was a stick in his ass instead of whatever. I do not remember that at all. This is definitely getting anything explicit on it, by the way. I'm definitely putting that on this episode. You don't remember the tweet Luongo put out where it was like the, the goalie stick between his butt cheeks, like going up and down, like mimicking the Kim Kardashian photo. I, and it was. I by the way, I hate to break your flow, but. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes just lost 6 nothing to the Columbus All right, Blue we need Jackets to re-record officially. this entire episode starting from the beginning <laughs> so I can affirmatively say best points percentage in the, in the league. Right, best, best point percentage in the league. Anyway, let's go. By .001. <laughs> With that loss, the Panthers now have a, the Panthers have a 936 and the Hurricanes are a 736 and the Hurricanes now have a 735. Well, the it's, important it's thing 5. is that the one percent, I guess. So it's it's less. the hurricanes are not in the Atlantic, so we'll take that. It. Would be a lot of fun, though. No, it would not. I'm I'm honestly I'm honestly having more fun with just the three very very good teams in the Atlantic, and not really that much fun, to be honest with you, because it, it it's going to be a tough first round matchup unless. I really don't even know what's going to be an easy first round matchup. You can make a good case for all the seven teams being a tough out. Well, you really want the East is just fucking hard this year. Like it's going to be so tough to get out of the East this year. Yeah. 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 Cause somebody's going to really earn it. The Panthers are going to really earn it. (laughs) And that's going to be glorious. We talked about the forwards, talked about the goaltending, anything to note about the defense. I thought Ole Ulevi was. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, what about, uh, what about Ole? I mean, he, he played eight or so minutes in the Dallas game. He was on the ice for that uh, Tyler Sagan goal. Did that make it three to two Dallas or was it four to three? Like they had just tied the game and then they scored another one to take the lead. So uh, perhaps Brunette didn't really take kindly to that, but um, I thought I noticed him playing a lot against Vancouver and I didn't see him making any mistakes. He played solid defense the whole game. Pretty happy with what I saw. Yeah, he was fine. I, I, I still like Lucas Carlson better, but. Oh, I mean, Lucas oh, Carlson yeah. has been, you gotta Lucas give, Carlson has been the new Gus Forsling. You got you yeah. to give Yolevi his uh, revenge game against his former team. He didn't uh, do much though. No, but I'm just he almost Carlson, did. <laughs> Carlson Montour has, like we've talked about, continued to just tilt the ice every single night the offense that they're putting up as a pairing is absurd yeah 
I'm looking at the standings based on uh, money pucks uh, expected goals by defense pairings only. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Carlson Montour is the ninth best uh, pairing in the league by Money Puck's expected goals percentage. And he's down from his 69.69 Corsi, but uh, he's still at a 62.88. So that's solid. But j- just, to, just to go back to the whole first round playoff thing real quick. Right now, if the, pan- if the playoff started today, you're looking at a first round matchup against the Boston Bruins. We have a 647 points percentage a plus 20 goal differential and just got Tuka Rask back so perhaps they'll be wild card one and we'll avoid that hole. okay so then you get Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Penguins who just got Crosby and Malkin back and Tristan Jari's I mean you are also here. assuming that the Tristan Jari played well in the regular season last year I, I think it's also a bold assumption that Pittsburgh stays where they are having yeah. a fully healthy roster I mean even so if they bump Washington that's still tough the yeah I mean I've been saying for a little while now that there's not necessarily a good option, but I feel the most comfortable playing against Washington for sure. It's been a while since they've been good in the playoffs at all. Like every, ever since they won the cup, they've been first round and out. And the only year that they even won more than two games in the first round was the year after where they lost in seven to Carolina. They were out in five, the last two seasons, the bubble and against the Islanders or not the Islanders against the Bruins. They were out in five and uh, their goaltending is just the weakest of all those teams. I, I feel like most confident that Ilya Samsonov slash VTech Vanacek aren't going to be stealing games. So, I mean, if we, if we take it as the standings are now not by points percentage, but by total points, then Florida does line up against Toronto in round one, which is something I feel comfortable with. I would, I mean, Campbell can steal the series. Like Matthews can score 10 goals. But again, it is Toronto. They've choked in the first round four years in a row. So who's to say they won't make it five? And honestly, the, the best case scenario is a matchup against Shesterkin in round one because it's like you got to be better than one player. And yes, we've had, you know, we've seen uh, Thomas Grice steal a series against the Panthers, but like I'd feel good about a Rangers matchup in round one. But we're, I know this is my fault, but we're getting way too into weekend. You know, process. actually, Alex, I I honestly I don't know if I disagree. agree. Yeah, I was going to disagree because like Panarin, Zibanejad, Fox, but also how poetic would it be for the Panthers' first time out of round one in 25 years to be knocking out Gerard Gallant? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> so now that's what I want. I want a Panthers Rangers first round series just so the Panthers can beat Gallant. And like at this point in the season, we've sort of figured out that like the playoffs are what matters. Like the Panthers are going to have home ice in round one. I really doubt they're falling to third in the Atlantic. You know, I, it's plausible, but I, I personally think the way they're playing they're they're going to be top two at the very least. Yeah. Probably number one, the way things are going, probably number one. I mean, well, they could still get, a huge wave of injuries. Tampa's also or, getting. Let's say they're in pole position. Back. Let's say they're in pole position. So I feel pretty good about that. I mean, it's really just about what happens in the playoffs now because they're going to get in. They're going to, you know, they just got to be ready. That's all there is to yeah. it. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I do kind of want to talk about it since it's it's starting to come in. They're all, you know, the trade talks are starting to happen. Who are you targeting at the trade deadline? Who are your early targets? I have not looked 
at cap friendly to find okay, my trade so targets look, in a long time. I was thinking about this uh, the last couple of days a little bit. Uh, in the in the most recent spaces that we had, uh, I said my top guy was Mark Giordano. And I know like Jacob Ooh. Chikrin is the top guy, but are they gonna are they gonna make the Chikrin trade? I'm not sure if they're gonna give up what they're gonna need to give up to make it work. I doubt they do. Arizona's got a lot of leverage to pull that off. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a fantastic asset. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. great contract, great player. Mark Giordano, I say him because he's got that expiring contract, so you don't have to worry about making the money work with the Yandel buyout going up to five million next year, Barkov going up to ten million. He's a left-handed defenseman. He's good offensively. He's good defensively. He's a little bit of that veteran leadership and that playoff proven player that, you know, you got a lot of good players on this team, but most of them haven't been to the second round of the playoffs. Some of them have, but most of them have. I just want to point out very briefly that not a defenseman, but a very good pending UFA on a team that is not currently in a playoff spot. If you steal mine, I'll be so pissed at you. Johnny Gaudreau. Oh, okay. Not mine. Not mine. I think Johnny Gaudreau's he's not going anywhere though. Like own rental at worst. But again, Calgary's time. not in a playoff spot. I think Calgary's going to be. No, they're well, fifth because in of the game Because of the game's uh, played. Yeah, that's true. They're only one point behind San Jose and they have four games in hand. Okay. Six, I, six games in hand on Anaheim and Vegas and they're five points behind Anaheim and eight. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Calgary's going to make. I think they're going to make the playoffs or at least they're going to push. I've got one and it's a team that's pretty much out of the race and he is a pending Tomas Hurdle. He's a pending UFA Claude Giroux. He's got experience. He's got Hmm. leadership left, left wing center. You'd have to do one of those uh, um, Philly retains 50%. Then you have another middleman retaining another 50%. I don't know if you would need the 75% retention, but 50, yeah. Well, his cap, it's like 8 million. I mean, I know at the deadline, it's all smaller, but like. Yeah, at the deadline, because not the having a bad year. Space. That is an interesting yeah. one. Yeah. PK Subban also penning UFA. No. But he's making 9 million and also just not that good. Uh, Chris Letang is a pending UFA. Yeah, but, but they're. Obviously, yeah. They're Pittsburgh's, in, yeah. Pittsburgh's pretty much locked into a playoff spot. Like, the thing is, it's like. Yeah, no, I think I think it's Geo. We're we're like you know we're we're almost at the halfway mark, and the East is pretty much set. Like unless someone yeah. goes on like an insane like twelve game win streak. The oh, East I lied. Set. Hold on, lied. there's someone finish. else that I want. Oh, I thought he was about to say Claude Giroux was bad, and I was like, oh no, no, Giroux is good. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Alex. At the East, we know the eight playoff teams. The only thing that I think is plausible is that the Islanders who have the fewest games played in the NHL right now, when they figure out whatever the hell is going on, like <laughs> rip off that like 15, 15 and five in 20 games run and just like squeeze into the playoffs ahead of somebody like Pittsburgh or Washington, or maybe the Rangers bad Corsi like actually starts to manifest in losing a lot of games and they, fall out of it you mean that a gerard team that's riding an extremely high pdo might not actually be as good as they seem no but i thought ryan reese was a good say. idea is that is that what they're really doing yes. ryan reese gets more power play time than lafreniere 
Oof. I mean, it's no secret that anyway, Dragon hates kids. Jake. Um, Hampus Lindholm. That's my guy. Uh, no, but again, I'm, I'm I think Anaheim's it. going for it. There's yeah. no Anaheim's going. They can't actually think that they can. But they like look Anaheim. I, they're in a race. playoff spot. I know, but like, oh, Hampus is my guy. Also, there's they're so stubborn. They hold That's on true. to the guys do. for dear life. I, there was that rumor like a week ago about Calvin DeHaan, and I think that would actually be a great pickup for the Panthers. That's a that's that's one that I think goes in the plausible category. That's not as much and... of like a big splash kind of trade, but like I, I would love a guy like DeHaan here. Or wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute, Mark Andre Fleury. Mark either Ray Fuller is very interesting because if you don't get it. That's the one question mark. If right? you don't get dad Bob back sometime, before, like if he continues this trend of giving up a softy every night, you have to make a move for the playoffs. Like fuck Bob's feelings. Like I know he's still around for another four years after this one, but like Spencer Knight, he's, you know, he showed his youth so far this year. You need a goalie for the playoffs you do. And Mark Andre Fleury, like been there, done that. I mean, talk about been there, done that. The bling bling. That's a really interesting thing. And he wouldn't be expensive. I think it'd be tough to. I think it would yeah, be expensive. I think I, he's not expensive in cap hit, but I, I don't. I mean, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Chikrin. You know, that, that wouldn't be the return I just, that we're I, I talking just about. Remember, Chicago got him for free. And he still mm-hmm. has a no tra- a full no trade clause, so it's not full. Yes, it is. He had to accept the trade to Chicago. Let me take a look at his cap friendly. It's not full. Not okay. He's making seven million dollars against the cap on a modified no trade. What happened was that he had to it's a ten team no trade. He decided not to retire. Got it. That's what it was. He was thinking about retiring instead of playing for it's them. It's a ten team no trade and. Uh, I'd imagine not that, gonna be on that even if we are on it, he would probably waive that to come to one of the best teams in the league. He's not he's not gonna put Florida on there. I mean, he loved Vegas. Well, remember, if it's just for a playoff run, all the only thing he's gonna use is his no trade is like to make sure he doesn't end up in Canada. Now I know he's man. Canadian, but no one wants to be in Canada. Oh right man, now. Alex, why did you do this to me? Now I like genuinely really want Mark andre Fleury at the deadline. I think that, yeah, we're, we got to come up to the trade deadline and see what's going on with the goaltending. But I'm sort of with you, Alex, that like, if it were me, maybe I would really expend those resources just to make sure that like I have as many cards to play in goal as I possibly can, because it, it seems way more believable that like Tampa's got somebody that's not going to fold. Boston's got somebody that's not going to fold. Toronto's got somebody that's not going to fold. You know, you can disagree with me if you want to about Jack Campbell, but I think he's that guy. I think he's that fucking guy. So I want somebody that I don't think that. (laughs) I want somebody that I think is not going to fold. And I don't think Mark Andre Fleury is going to fold, which is funny because like 10 years ago, in the playoffs, I thought Mark Andre, ah, Mark Andre Fleury was going to fold every single time because he was terrible in the playoffs in the early 2010s. I mean, as a decade, the competitors for his services would essentially be Washington if they Edmonton, and Edmonton's out of the race. And again, I, I think he, I, I don't think he'd go to, to Canada. Connor McDavid will. Well, they're Connor, not going to. Connor McDavid's like, going to will the Oilers. Something that we have to remember talking about these teams. There. Something that we have to remember talking about these teams. Like, and they're, they're going to be sellers, they're whatever. 
teams are often in denial. Like more often than not, they're in denial about whether or not they're in it or not. And the Oilers, like they're going to be thinking to themselves, we're in the running for the cup, even if they're clearly not. Like they could be six points out at the trade deadline and still think to themselves, well, we're a playoff team. So we got to load up for the playoffs. Did you guys know that you could manually arrange your Zoom windows? Is this a way of saying that you're closing out mine? No, I, I'm not closing anyone out. I'm moving them around. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, you guys are too much. Uh, anyway, Marc-Andre Fleury, though. Uh, yeah, Chicago is not even sniffing the playoffs right now. No. And they could get a decent return for him, and the Panthers could give them a decent return for him. Let me let me give you another goalie that I'm thinking about just because of the price would be very low. Miko Koskinen. And he's got experience in the playoffs, like having a very good run. This is more so a name that's insurance, but how would we feel about sending like a fifth or sixth rounder to Philly for Martin Jones? You know, that's actually also kind of an interesting one. Martin Jones has gotten a bad rap in recent years, but historically he is a really solid goaltender. And I think that he's having a good season. He's having, he's like, got a nine Oh nine save percentage right now. Um, that's solid. Three I mean, Philly's great up. seasons of eight ninety six before that though. I think that he was Does Martin Jones playing still have a high cash or is he on a, on a main deal now? No, he's on like a 900K okay. deal because he got bought out. Okay, I couldn't remember if he'd been bought out or traded. That would be interesting to take a take a flyer. Yeah, he's making he's making two million bucks. Oh, I'm surprised he's that would be interesting to take a flyer on Martin Jones just to like see if he can bounce back playing behind a good defense. His goal saved above expected is basically zero, which is pretty and, fucking good considering he's in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the Panthers need to be in the market for a goalie, regardless whether it's a starter or a backup, because I mean, I'm not saying you're giving up on Spencer Knight, but like he hasn't been very good. And you can't go into the playoffs with Jonas Johansson as your number two or number three. You need somebody better. Here, here is something that you know who else hasn't been very good, at least like on aggregate, Mark Andre Fleury. Remember how bad he was to start the year? Does that make you nervous at all? You know what? That's still a guy who's done it so many times before mm. where I can see you getting two, six weeks of elite goaltending out of Marc-Andre Fleury way more than I can see getting, you know, a game out of Jonas Johansson. Fleury's got a 9-10 right now. But he's also minus 8.6 goal saved above expected. Really? Which is a minus fifth worst minus eight on a nine ten save percentage? Is Chicago's defense so. like that good right now? What the hell? That makes no sense. It is a little bit confusing. So yeah, Martin Jones and Flurry would be kind of similar to me as like low cost option. You, you know, you and know then who else is aspirational not- option. And Calvin DeHaan, Mark Giordano is sort of the same thing. That That's the two positions that the Panthers should be looking at. Like, I get that Giroux would be a great ad, like, in theory, but do the Panthers really need to upgrade it forward? Like, do any of the forward lines make you nervous? No. no Genuinely but... no. Like, our fourth line. You know, these, these teams around them are going to add. And I don't think it matters. Like, the Lightning can 
tack some guy on their third line that they trade for, we're still going to have a better third line than them. The, the Leafs can do the same thing. We're still going to have a better third line than them. The Bruins can do the same thing. We're still going to have a better third line than them. The only team that this doesn't really apply to is the Hurricanes, but like, I'm not really sure what we can do to match up with them in terms of forwards because their forward group is so deep. How do we feel about, about Jake DeBrusque? Yeah, I get, let me say first that there's that other like category of players we could go out and get that are like project forwards. Yeah. I would throw Dylan Strom into this category Ooh. as well. I don't think now is the time I, to be taking on reclamation yeah. projects. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm with Alex. You're lo- We're in it to win it. You're, you're not loading up for like last year, like Bennett and Montour, like they were good risk. I mean, well, they were high risk when we thought so, but like, okay, you were, you, you knew you were going to be in the playoffs, but like the goal was kind of like, Hey, let's get out of the first round. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to trade that first round pick. Like now it's no, we're trying to win a cup. Now, the 2023 first round pick is on the table for the right guy. Like this now is the time. So you can't like, you don't want to be trading a third round pick for a guy who might only give you two games. Like, yeah. Cause he gets here. And he's just like, nah, this guy ain't it. Like you want someone who's going to make an impact. That's why I said like Claude Giroux. Cause I mean, not that, you know, there's any lines that really need help, but like if you, if you run out a third line of Giroux, Lundell, uh, Duclair, just saying, yikes. That's yikes. your third line. Yikes. We're going to win the cup eight to six. We're going to play 14 Stanley Cup Final Cup games. (laughs) Game seven is going to be eight to six. Yeah, I struggle with thinking about whether or not like you can add more to the forward group, like loading up. It sounds stupid to say like, oh, it's already so good. How much better could you possibly make it? Because like you can still score more goals and outscore some of your defensive issues. But um I mean, the, the defense and the goaltending are clearly like the places that you would look to strengthen. And I, I, I honestly don't think they're going to trade for a goalie unless it is like a Martin Jones, like insurance. Hopefully he doesn't have to play kind of guy. I do think that Giroux would also help. Um, I mean, I use this term loosely given recent events, uh, but he would also help with our power play struggles. True. The power play has gotten better though. Right. It has looked better. But I mean, Giroux is a true one-timer threat on that, on, on PP one. Well, maybe Giordano could be the power play quarterback. True. Cause I mean, Ekblad, we, we know that Ekblad can run as a fourth forward on the power play. Like we've seen it work. Yeah. And that's frankly how they should use him. Like the, the Ekblad quarterback experiment, despite the, despite the power play being better recently, it just doesn't work. As much as we love our Aaron Ekblad, puck movement uh is not where he shines no i agree i agree and i think that's that for this episode uh really what a week for the panthers what a week i want to end on that i don't want to end on aaron Eckblatt isn't good at passing i want no, i want no 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 no, no 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 Here, here's what i want to end on a bottom six of Giroux, lundell mammon lomberg lucerine and vetrano Where's no, Pissick? Where's Pissick? goes top six, and you push someone else down. Ooh, Reinhardt or Duclair? Reinhardt. Or, du- or Duclair. Or Duclair. Well, either we, way. We, I mean, but like. Not Drew and Duclair. Like Drew, like feeding Duclair stretch passes. Well, I mean, I guess the only. For a million but breakaways. Huberdo feeding Drew one timers? Yeah, but Drew's never played right wing. Yeah, he has. 
Well, Duclair's oh, the Drew right plays wing. Left Drew's wing. listed as center right. No, Drew's center left. He plays left wing. Interesting. That's right. He, That's correct that he plays left right. wing. So look, Huberdeau, Giroux, Whatever. Duclair. There you go. Oh, and, takes, Ryan, and Reinhardt goes down. And Wait, Huberdeau, Giroux, Duclair. So Bennett goes down? Make it work. I don't know. <laughs> One of the centers will be out with injury, knowing our luck. Just saying, you'd essentially have an all-star caliber player on all three of your lines. You already do, though, if you put Reinhardt on the third line. So you'd have four all-star caliber forwards? I'm sorry. In your top you nine? Have, you have an all-star caliber player on all four lines. Why are we ignoring Lomberg. Ryan Lomberg? <laughs> Lomberg for Selkie, but unironically. Yeah. And that's where we're going to wrap up this episode. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, don't forget to rate Kodak Black five stars on Ticket uh, SeatGeek. I know we already talked SeatGeek, but you know, if you want the premium seat, a box to yourself to fuck your girl. Oh, I was going to make a joke about our bottom six, including the girl at Kodak. Speaking of bottom. That's a good one. Kodak. All right. Geek. I like that. Good job, Alex. Thanks for listening. Thank you all for listening. Have a good night. And please don't get caught with your mistress at a Florida Panthers game. <laughs>